Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. We're bringing you news, analysis, commentary, and interviews every day at 4pm. So subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. And share us too. Use the hashtag The Leader Podcast on social media. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsund. Will the government do another U-turn, this time over face masks in schools? Even within England, schools start at different times. So a lot of schools in Leicester, for example, are going back this week. So it's, it would certainly, if there is going to be a U-turn on this, we are very keen for it to happen sooner rather than later. Julie McCulloch from the Association of School and College Leaders as Boris Johnson comes under pressure following a decision in Scotland to introduce them. And we're going to win this election. The only way they can take this election away from us is if this is a rigged election. We're going to win this election. We're going to win this election. The Republican National Convention's underway. Our US correspondent David Gardner on the apocalyptic warnings given and the insults being thrown. But is there any actual political messaging? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, why the government's out of step on face masks in schools. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm not going to criticise leaders of other governments that take different decisions because it's for them to set out the reasons for the decisions they take. We're all trying to do our best here. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon refused to start a fight with Westminster when asked why she wants school pupils to wear face masks while Boris Johnson doesn't. Although she did take a moment to point out... We uh, mandated face coverings, I think, on... uh, in shops earlier than England did, but England later followed suit. And it followed suit on how to grade exam results too. Could it happen again? With a growing number of schools and colleges in England defying the government by asking older pupils to wear face masks, pressure is growing for another U-turn, once more going where Scotland went before. Our editorial column says the Prime Minister should swallow his pride. When clear medical advice is scant, Common sense often prevails. Young people are socialising and exposing themselves to the risk of infection outside school. It follows there must be a danger of them spreading it when they're passing close to each other in crowded corridors. Nor does it make sense to require older children to use face coverings on transport, in shops and in taxis, but not when they're in confined spaces in school. And aside from combating infections, the biggest battle is assuring parents and pupils alike that schools are safe. 
If wearing masks in corridors does that, then it seems a clear payoff, despite what Number 10 thinks. I'm joined now by Julie McCulloch from the Association of School and College Leaders. Julie, do we need face masks in schools? So this is obviously a situation that's fast moving. You know, we're learning more about this virus on a daily basis. Um, at the moment, I think our view and the view of our members, all of whom are leading schools and colleges across the UK, is essentially that, you know, they're not epidemiologists, they're not virologists, they know about running their own schools, but what they don't know, what they don't have access to is all of those eminent scientists that the the government does so i think what they're saying is what we need from the government is really clear um, guidance and direction on what are the pros and cons of using face coverings in schools and different settings and then they can make a decision about how they make that work in their own settings what guidance is there for you at the moment from the government? The government guidance at the moment, uh, the guidance that came out uh, at the beginning of the summer around um, opening schools again in September, what that says is that current evidence means the government isn't recommending the use of face coverings in schools. And they they set out a number of reasons for that. Uh, One is that we all are discovering I guess as we're wearing face masks out and about in shops and such like these days you know it does make communication more difficult and so it can make teaching and and learning more problematic. Uh, The second reason I think is about concerns about the misuse of masks you know if you've got children wearing masks perhaps not fitting them properly you know touching their faces more flicking them across the room all of that sort of thing that uh, that you know, there are concerns about that and I think I think we and our members really understand that and, and see that. What the government hasn't supported schools with though and we've been asking them for this for quite a long time and we haven't had this clarity is okay so you're saying you don't recommend the use of masks in schools but what if uh, if an individual head teacher has a, a child or a member of staff for that matter who really wants to wear a face mask you know is there any reason that they shouldn't say to them you know, fair enough, if that makes you feel safer about coming to, coming back to school, then then that's fine. And also, if, you know, we all know that schools are in all sorts of different buildings, have all sorts of different layouts and setups, we've, we've certainly had some of our members asking us if we have maybe particularly crowded corridors, or if we have, I don't know, a room with particularly poor ventilation, but we have no choice but to use it, could we say, actually, we want to ask children and staff in our school, either all the time, or if they're in you know, particular times or in particular places to wear face coverings. And I think it would be very helpful if the government could provide some more guidance for schools on that to say you know is it reasonable for them to say okay the government doesn't recommend this usually but in particular circumstances it's absolutely fine for school leaders to make that call themselves. And how easily could schools put those rules into place because I am thinking you know it's only a couple of weeks before they're all supposed to be reopening there's an awful lot of preparation going on can this sort of thing be done quite quickly and easily? There's a huge amount of preparation going on and certainly you know, different parts of the country, even within England, schools start at different times. So a lot of schools in Leicester, for example, are going back this week. So this is this is very, very imminent. It, it's not an easy thing for a school to turn around very quickly. You know, they clearly need to think about what would be the, the policies and the rules and regulations that they would want to put in place around wearing face coverings you know if it was if it was a directive from government then they need to work out how they can make that work in their own setting if it's something that's a little bit more open you know if it, it 
it could be that we end up in a position where schools are able to to suggest that people wear face masks in particular circumstances but not necessarily required to they would then clearly need to think through you know thinking about again their own layouts their own settings where how might they want to interpret that government guidance and then obviously it's not it's not always an easy thing to communicate to pupils and to parents as well you know if you're if you're if you've got schools you know reopening in a couple of days and suddenly parents are told they have to send their children in with face masks you know they may they may not have those so it's it would certainly if there is going to be a u-turn on this we are very keen for it to happen sooner rather than later to give uh, to give school leaders time to prepare for this next the message is supposed to be upbeat um, that was what the Republicans said they were going to do. Land of promise, I think, was the theme. But it's been rather the opposite. US correspondent David Gardner reviews the Republican National Convention. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you. There were no Zoom calls for Donald Trump at the opening of the Republican National Convention in North Carolina. Unlike Joe Biden, who accepted his presidential run nomination for the Democrats with a speech by himself, the White House incumbent demanded and got a crowd. Our US correspondent David Gardner watched it all and he's with me now. David, the Democrat National Convention was considered quite a success by many despite that lack of a crowd. Donald Trump does need to make an impact. Has he done it? Make no mistake, this is the Trump National Convention, not so much the Republican Convention. It's all Trump all the time. Usually the uh, presidential candidate waits for the big unveiling on the last night on Thursday uh, when they give their big speech and uh, all the confetti comes running down and you know, it's a big it's a big deal but with trump he wants to be involved all the time he wants to put his imprint on every night of the convention uh, not just him his son donald jr was on tonight calling joe biden the Loch Ness monster of the swamp biden has promised to take that money back out of your pocket and keep it in the swamp That makes sense, though, considering Joe Biden is basically the Loch Ness Monster of the swamp. For the past half century, he's been lurking around in there. He sticks his head up every now and then to run for president. Then he disappears and doesn't do much in between. Uh, Typically kind of over-the-top language from him. Uh, There was his girlfriend. Good evening, America. I'm Kimberly Guilfoyle. On kind of like a 
a preacher in a pulpit preaching the Trump doctrine. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. You are capable. You are qualified. You are powerful. And you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Tuesday night, we have Melania Trump giving the keynote speech. Eric Trump and, and Tiffany Trump are also giving speeches. And then I think it's Ivanka Trump, the daughter, the oldest daughter, introducing the president on Thursday night. So there's not a lot of room for anybody else. It's um, uh, Mr. Trump wants everyone to know that it's all about him, as usual. So clearly David Donald Trump believes that he himself is the great vote winner for the Republicans. But is there a message that they're trying to get out? They're behind in the polls at the moment. How are they going to try and pull people towards voting for Donald Trump again? The message is supposed to be upbeat. Um, that was what the Republicans said they were going to do. Land of promise, I think, was the theme. But it's been rather the opposite. It's been painting a picture of a bleak, apocalyptic future if Mr. Biden gets in. That's the way they're portraying it. Prisons being emptied, guns being taken away, economy wrecked, socialism running havoc. Uh, that's the kind of message uh, the Republicans are trying to spread uh, to their base and beyond. Um, whether it actually reaches beyond is the big question. And there's also a big question, isn't there, David, about how much coronavirus might affect this election. It's not just in terms of how many people will go out to vote. I saw this week there was a poll by YouGov for CBS News that showed that 57% of Republicans think that the number of coronavirus deaths in the US is acceptable. That's 176,000 people who have died from COVID-19. You compare that with 90% of Democrats and 67% of independents. That's the ones that Donald Trump's team needs to get to win this election. They all believe the number is unacceptable. Is this pandemic going to make the difference? I mean, listening to the first night, opening night of the convention, you'd be kind of surprised to know there was uh, uh, some sort of criticism of Mr. Trump over his handling of the fair pandemic which has not gone well for Mr. Trump, despite what he might tell you. According to the Republicans, um, he's done everything right. You know, he beat off the so-called Chinese virus um, and uh, all is well in America. Um, the, the convention is different from the Democrats last week in that the Democrats were very much doing it virtually. There was no convention as such. The Republicans are making great play of the fact that they are still holding it live in Charlotte, North Carolina. There are about 370-odd people at the convention, although a lot of the speeches are actually being recorded. We've still got another couple of nights of the RNC to go, David. What's next? What can we expect on the podium? Will there be any surprises? This is the first night. Uh, there will no doubt be more to come. I suspect it will be more of the same. Mr. Trump will be spreading the bleak message about uh, his opponents, um, at the same time suggesting, it appears, that there was always a chance that if he loses, the whole thing was rigged anyway. Interestingly, one facet which will infuriate his opponents is demanding that the crowd chant, instead of four more years, the usual amount, which he would expect to hope for, 
Uh, and in fact, the only illegal amount he's he allowed because uh, term limits are, are uh, only eight years in America. He's urging the crowd to chant for 12 more years. Now, if you want to really drive him crazy, you say 12 more years. Typical Trump. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with The Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.